2: And a one, and a two, and a three. Speaking of honky-tonk women and passing out on jukeboxes, Charlie Watts died this week. The drummer for the Rolling Stones, he was 80 years old. I always listened to the Stones, or always heard the Stones growing up. But the first time I, I ever really heard a mention of Charlie Watts, I went to see the documentary, the Altamont documentary, I, can't, I think it's called Gimme Shelter actually, when I was yeah. in college. I skipped. I skipped a class with my roommate. I think my roommate at the time, Matt, and we went. We skipped our classes to see this documentary. It may have been the director who was showing it, and he spent like thirty minutes talking about how the Rolling Stones were such a different band. And Jonathan or Neil, you're gonna have to correct me musically about this, but he was like, because the drummer Charlie Watts is a jazz drummer, and what he's doing is he's playing the the beat like a, a half like a second before. Keith plays the the note. It's something where he was doing something that most drummers did not do with the guitar player. Basically, if he wasn't, because Keith is a little sloppy, it 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 wouldn't really work. But he's just like the found the foundation that kind of held that together, and their relationship kind of created such a unique sound. Basically,
0: he did well. Here's the thing. All right. In the early days of rock and roll, all the drummers were jazz drummers because there was no rock and roll until these dudes started playing rock and roll. So they had to come from somewhere. Sure. Like all the guys at Motown were jazz players. And like Rockabilly has a lot of that like kind of vibe to it. So in the sense that Charlie Watts, and he has a club actually in London, a jazz club, the fact that he is a jazz drummer kind of by, you know, as he maybe thinks of himself, that makes sense. And that's why the Stones are a rock and roll band versus a Rock band, which is like a mm-hmm. rock drummer, right? It's rock and roll. Now, one thing, and I think we mentioned it before, that he did because this is classic Chuck Berry stuff, and most folks don't do it. Like a rock drummer doesn't do this when they're playing. Like Chuck Berry will be, will be, be going that 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 It's like one and two and three and four and one and two and three and the drummer is not playing one and two and th- like most a lot of drummers will do that, but if you listen real close, the drummer's going to tat tat. He's playing a shuffle And that shuffle vibe Against the Eighth notes on the guitar It's rock and roll It's exactly what it is Now that being said I think Charlie Watts Just had fucking great timing I don't think I don't think you can get it down And he would do this Just before that And whatever And Keith's timing is Like Bill Murray's timing Like it's Perfectly imperfect Yeah it's, And so The fact that Charlie would do that and and recognize that and focus on the narrative of the song and not look at my drum playing made him... Like, you don't need another fucking Mick Jagger or Hugh Thichards in that band. There's maybe one too many already. But, like, the fact that he would play the role. When Ron Wood got the gig, Clapton they were hanging out and Clapton was like, I could have had that gig if I'd have won. I could have been the lead guitar player for the Stones. And Ron Wood was like, these two would have driven you fucking crazy. He's like, you couldn't have put up with them. And so for him to Charlie to be the man all, the awesome cool guy, he is to play the part is that's why he's so great.
3: And when you just said to play the role, did you mean the role in rock and roll? that role? because because oh, that yeah. was that was brilliant if, if that's what you meant. <laughs> Neil, calling out that wordplay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as with anyone, it's a damn shame, but fifty eight years as a Rolling Stone, that's a that's a good run, man. Living to your 80, fifty eight years as in one of the greatest rock bands of all time, that's pretty amazing. And I don't really focus on the drums as much as I should. It's, it's tough. But I must say, if I had to pick one of his songs that I like the most, that Charlie really shines on, uh, Get Off My Cloud, is has such a cool sound with those rolls. But yeah, and, I, and also just after his passing, I read this cool story about this time he hit Mick Jagger for calling, calling him mm-hmm. his drummer. <laughs> it. it was from Keith's book. It was like five in the morning. Mick called him. He's like, where's my drummer at? (laughs) And Keith said like 20 minutes later at six in the morning, Charlie showed up like showered in a full suit with like cologne on, walked over to Mick and just started beating the shit out of him. And he was, I think Keith kind of dramatized it, said Mick almost fell into like a canal in Amsterdam, which who knows if that's true. But. Hey, that's very possible. I'm surprised <laughs> I didn't fall in a
2: canal in Amsterdam the one time. They
0: he he just popped him once, <laughs> yeah. but, um, he, but
2: he also said he wanted
3: more. Keith had to hold funny. him back
2: <laughs> he Wanted more. We've all been in a band together. You know, we've probably all wanted to punch each other at some point in the face.
3: Yeah, that's uh, it hasn't come to that, but um, well, <laughs> it's well, not.
0: It's, it, it's a shame anytime anybody dies, but it's like, like that dude was a fucking Rolling Stone. Like you know, and he was eighty. And to me, for me, it's like you know, anything over eighty is extra innings or whatever. It's like you know, that's fucking more than most folks have ever gotten in human history. And and the fact that he, I was like, if like if I die, people should be sad. Like I haven't done shit with my life. Like you know, that's a tragedy, <laughs> right? Being a Rolling Stone. Is for fifty whatever. I've always said the Stones did more with with less than anybody in history, except for maybe I don't know Jesus with the fish and, and the loaves and the three hundred at fucking Thermopylae <laughs> or whatever. Like the Stones are number three on like success to talent ratio or, 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 or number. It's well, just they're amazing together. Well, speaking of
2: Thermopylae and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and aging, feel you know it started a couple years ago. Bowie, Tom Petty, even though he's a much different, oh, gen- much oh, later generation. Worst. But you have all these older rock stars that are now dying of age. It's not like you know Lennon dying at dying forty age. <laughs> you know, it's not. This isn't like Lennon dying at forty or Joplin or Hendrix dying at twenty-seven or you know some oh, guys died. He didn't
0: die. He was fucking murdered. It, yes,
2: <laughs> it, he, he still died. Well, it's both. It's
3: both. It's, both. Well, it's not he like it's not an age
2: issue. It's a fucking murder issue. No, I didn't. I said this isn't
3: yeah you're just saying it's
2: inevitable it's inevitable and now we were approaching that time where if none of this stuff would have happened to these other folks they would all be starting to die as well in the next five years or so i mean these guys are getting in their 80s like you don't really live past you know too much longer past 80 yeah. um like even clint clint eastwood who seems like he was never going to die or stop working has like written a letter recently that was like i'm not aging gracefully enough to be out in public anymore but like jack nicholson disappeared like all these people (laughs) are going to start dying off or removing themselves from public life and it's very strange because they are rock and roll basically they personify rock and roll Mm -hmm, at this point mm -hmm. so what is left of it after that
3: yeah i mean who do you think is going to crush you the most in the next 10 years
0: Good times on pod gave rock and roll to you. Like, what do you anticipate <laughs> an this extremely shit is valid doing question. Let me let me let me say a different thing. First of all, I have a theory that Keith Richards died in the eighties and the, the <laughs> drugs and muscle memory. He can still tour with the Stones. <laughs>
1: well, so he's I'm gonna outlive worried. them all. He's just I'm, twitching at this. point I think he's already
0: dead. It's just muscle memory and stimulants, and he's just like <laughs> fucking crushing it. You know, there, there's that thing you'll see on Instagram sometime. It says we all have to start thinking about what kind of world we're going to leave to Keith Richards.
1: <laughs> Which is fucking hilarious. Um, no.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know, man. Because like, here's the thing. Those motherfuckers could already be dead. I don't know. But for me, it's all about the music. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm never, I didn't know them. I never going to. I mean, like, like Charlie Watts being dead, it's not like, oh, I'm not going to see Charlie around anymore. It's like, I, You I can know. hear him whenever you want. And that's who, when you really hear, like, that's who they were. That's, that's, you're still, they're still there with that stuff.
3: So, so there's no one you can think of that'll actually like you'll feel well, when the more drugs are out.
0: Keith, I'm going to feel bad. <clears throat> yeah. That's going to be real bad. Or Mick or fucking Jesus. I mean, there are lots of people with Clapton. Even if Kobe dies of COVID, mm-hmm. him and Van Morrison going to die of COVID. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, that's terrible. You know, I don't want that to happen. Get vaccinated. <laughs> but, so, but yeah, I mean, there's lots of people.
2: Take the vaccine, Clapton. We don't want you to die. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I would say probably. McCartney would be the one that that hits the biggest. I can't remember. I, I heard somebody say this the other day. Like McCartney's basically like a a, a world treasure at this point, and kind of knows it. <laughs> like whoever yeah. he meets in the world is like he just plays the part, you know? Like the mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It, well, that's one fun, thing. Not, not to get off
0: topic, when you think about like the Queen of England, it's like when she was born, and like like say her grandfather's probably still alive, who was probably born in like the mid eighteen hundreds, and so. That's still like someone who was influenced by the previous century, or actually two centuries ago now, and yeah, who's still alive, and it's, and actually yeah. doing really important stuff. It's, I mean, I
2: think I think Biden was alive then too. You know, hey man, yeah, as I long think as he stays I think mine, six
3: more. I think it would be Bob and Neil would be my. Mm. Those are going to be the most crushing. Oh, you know what? What's going to be a killer actually it is
2: Willie.
0: When Willie dies, that'll Willie's going to be a nut stumper. Yeah. Yeah, everyone that, loves Willie.
2: Will be he's right a, up there. He's with Paul a treasure. McCartney.
3: He's a treasure. Yeah. Him,
2: I, I would say him and Dolly Parton, just in terms of like people that are just loved around. Even like being so old, they're known by such a broad fan base. Charlie Watts, the drummer for the Stones, a lot of people know who he is. But like somebody like Dolly Parton, Willie Nelson, like they're gonna be all over everything for you know a week or so, and then a bunch of like music come out that they hadn't, you know, produced or something a la Prince. What? Basically, after these folks die now, especially solo artists, the next couple years is just them releasing shit that they never released. Oh. Like their estate to make more money. Like
0: Dolly's fucking basement tapes? (laughs) 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 And on
2: that note, you are listening to Pod gave rock and roll to you. And we are talking about rock stars whose lives pass too soon because this week we are discussing Allison Chains wood from the album well from the <laughs> singles motion picture soundtrack and their album dirt released on Columbia Records written by Jerry Cantrell and produced by Allison Chains and Rick Parishar. When my brother was a senior in '92, like that summer, he was a lifeguard when this came out, and I was like nine. I used to go to the pool with him every morning, you know, when he was working, and he was just playing this album all the time. Mm -hmm. And I will say, like, at that age, Them Bones was probably my favorite song, and it may still be after listening to Dirt Again Today. But this song, uh, to me, more than like Down in a Hole and Rooster, is definitely the one I want to hear when I want to hear Alice in Chains Like as I've gotten older. The melodies and the transitions in this song I think are pretty special. And the vibe just has this like, it really creates that like sick feeling when you lose somebody or look back on someone who was in your life and is no longer there, you know, whether they died or or whatever. It's just a really, really good song.
3: It was one of the first cassettes I remember buying um, when I was a freshman in high school. I listened to it a lot back in the day. And I hadn't heard it in a while, and it, but it's just such a great song. I looked up the lyrics before I even listened to it, and I just started smiling because I was like, "Damn, I don't even need to listen to this song." It's like when I when I saw the like into the flood again. It's it's so nice, and like a lot of their music, it has such a like spiritual or ritualistic quality to it, and it's like it's nice. so dark, but it's also sonically very soothing just the way it's produced, the way it's written. I don't know, it seems to be clearly about addiction, but it it, kind of the themes can almost relate to anything in life, love or just any problem. It's kind of a universal, timeless classic, I love it.
0: Uh, Yeah, I don't remember the first time I heard this or or how I got turned on to it. I mean, there were so many bands that were getting so big back then. I do remember Mm -hmm. hearing, and, and like, Alice in Change I didn't see on MTV as much as other people. So I'm not sure if if that, or if it's from that movie, singles, but I never really saw that much. But I don't know, they just came into, you know, public consciousness, and I was just a fan from the start. Like I, I love heavy shit and stuff that's dark, and especially though when it's juxtaposed and and, and mixed with different vibes, and and it's almost like a landscape. You know, I was listening to it, and you know, I've heard it tons of times. I was realized it's like you know, every each of the instruments are it's just like they're each playing a riff. But it's not the same It's not repeated Like The drummer sounds like He's playing yeah. a riff And the bass is bass player Is definitely playing a fucking riff mm-hmm. The guitar player playing a cool thing it, it feels Like I said It's definitely kind of Of the Doors And of that kind of vibe But there's a It's its, its own unique thing Definitely never heard anything like it As soon as you hear it You know who it is I guess I would just say, Josh, the fact that you chose wood, which kind of surprised me because I've never heard, or Neil, you 2 I've just never heard you guys mention these guys or anybody even really much in that direction. You know, it, it kind of doesn't, yeah. you guys like good music, yeah. so it doesn't yeah. really surprise me, but like. But do we? So I was just going to say, it, the <laughs> fact that you chose wood gave me wood.
2: <laughs> Jonathan, I'll give you wood anytime, buddy.
0: You do give me wood all the time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: But is it followed by a question mark?
0: Uh, <laughs> He has lots of question marks involved. Um,
3: so do you guys think this song sounds super 90s? I feel like it's so well written and such a cool song that it, it's a little more timeless. Yeah, I do. I, I, I do.
2: The, like, verses, you know, the part that Jerry Cantrell's singing are reminiscent of, like, some early, like, Metallica, almost. Mm-hmm. That, they almost strike me as a little more, like, what would you say, hard rock, heavy metal? Yeah. Like, They're that beginning part? Yeah, it's, it's
3: heavy. Yeah,
2: it's <laughs> it's more metally than grungy. Like I can hear the grunge, but like it it is. And I think it's more of Staley's voice that probably puts it. Mm.
0: Yeah. You know, it's clearly in the the grunge thing. I think you have to distinguish between something sounding like the nineties and, a sound that helped to define the nineties. Yes, yes, yeah, for sure. It's true. not like they just use a bunch of cheese dick techniques, right? Like they just their sound was def- defined in the nineties. So but I don't yeah, but I would never heard anything quite like that. Like some Metallica. It's like Metallica meets the doors. <laughs>
2: they didn't sound like Nirvana. They didn't sound like Pearl Jam. They didn't sound like Soundgarden. I mean, maybe a little bit like some Soundgarden probably, but like the other grunge bands that were kind of around, I I I just thought Alice in Chains had more of an edge. Maybe, yeah. absolutely. And Darkness. I think
3: I think that's why Jonathan's surprised that you picked it, because it is so heavy. It has that edge, that metal edge to it that I wouldn't say is your forte, but obviously when it's good, it's good.
2: That's the advantage of having three older siblings, especially ones that are nine and ten years older than you. I mean, my brother has listened to a lot of like Injustice for All and uh,
3: yeah.
2: Master of Puppets. It, when he was in junior high high school when i was real young so like on one hand i would be hearing like my sister listening to whitney houston and like rat and then my brother listening to shit like this so of, of course like when i heard like some really rocking shit i was like fuck yeah this is <laughs> great
0: yeah. yeah i like anything that makes an impression and i had i literally i was in one of those tape clubs when i was a kid kid right and like i got master puppet that's probably like seven it, it yeah. was kind of scared the shit out of me yeah yeah <laughs> it was man that Especially a thing too. that should not be in stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. whoa. And that's just still, it, it's, it makes an impression of it. It sticks with you.
2: But here's so crazy about this. Not, I'm pretty sure that uh, my brother played the, the one before this. Was it the Facelift? I Need a Facelift? or, or uh,
0: Facelift.
2: It, facelift. He played facelift. that one a, a good bit. And that one's a little less. That's Man, less. man in the Box. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but, yeah should, which but, is but bad. But as a whole album, yeah, it's... it's not as good it's It's a little less
0: this is this whole album they got their shit together everything came together but
2: here's the thing about this album and as i said in the beginning like you know the the opening song them bones is just such a fun song i mean i know it's dark but as a kid i was just like this is amazing (laughs) it's got a great guitar solo it's got that like i definitely i definitely wasn't listening to this when i was that age and being like dude let's play wood again (laughs) you know wood is something as i've gotten older and listened to them like through the 90s and i mean yeah I, i don't put alice in chains on all the time but when i do at this point wood is the song I put on.
0: Yeah. I don't always listen well, to Alice in Chains, but Wood when and I do, Rooster. I listen to Wood.
2: <laughs> you mentioned singles because this song was,
3: it was so released weird, though, originally it was so random.
2: as a single well, from it that was, soundtrack. It was
3: made for the movie and then they put it on the album. Like, it was the album. It was, it's the last track, and it was a secondary kind of thing. It was produced. By it's like, else.
0: it's like we need a movie a song for this movie. It's kind of a Seattle, you know, fucking, you know, grunge rom com. They're like, great, we got your song. You know, yeah, <laughs> know I don't, me, well,
3: bro. It's like it's just a so well, weird. In that but movie. it was written about a classic <laughs> inspiration to most of those bands. The lead singer from uh, Mother Lovebone.
2: M- Mother Lovebone. Yeah.
3: Adam Andrew Wood. Andrew Wood. Andrew, Andrew Wood. You were right. It was just such a weird song for the theme of it.
0: It's, a wrong, it's weird. It's like...
2: Let's get into, uh, just right off the bat, that first part. I mean, can't think of many bass lines or yeah. riffs that bring a song in that heavy and that, like melodic too really mm-hmm.
3: yeah and it's just so loose the strings feel like they're gonna fall off and blah blah boom blah, 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 blah. It's, it's so cool it's a funky timing too um, it's a weird timing and this is a big song like you gotta listen loud on headphones. It's so much more impactful on good headphones.
2: Because the bass is so dominant, you, you, you almost don't hear the guitar for a little bit doing that down, down, yeah. down. Yeah. In
3: headphones, you get all that bass. If you're just listening in the car yeah. or on a stereo or not loud enough, you're Your not phone. gonna hear the yeah. the power of that.
2: It also the bass also kinda gives the song the which I mentioned already, that, that kind of hardcore sound.
0: Yeah, it's, kind of, it's like the definitely. backbone of the song.
2: It almost makes it, it's like we're walking a tightrope here. Like this is going to be kind of a, you're coming well, into yes, something that, that, that you may not want to be a part of. That is of. the
3: heaviness. I'm a sucker for like a, a song that's all Toms, just a very kind of almost tribal sound too, so that's yeah. part of it. Well, they,
2: they continue that feel, I mean, especially when he when Jerry Cantrell, the guitar player, comes in singing. I mean, he sings the verses, and like when he comes in, like you said, Neil, it's very ritualistic. It's like, no me, yeah, by soundtrack. my master. And up until By My Master, it's like dark, edgy, like we said, but then when you get that harmony in there, take takes some of the edge yeah. off.
3: But it can be said that it puts it right back on, because his voice is so raw, even the harmony. It's dissonant. Just cutting.
2: Yeah, it's a little hypnotizing as well. I mean, it's it's it, when he's doing the harmony, it's kind of a drone.
3: Yep, yep. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very dissonant harmony. Boom, it's
2: like, it's,
0: boom, boom. but it's the space. So the bass there, and then like you said, Neil, the toms are all playing around it, and then with that riff, Cantrell's playing. He's just like defining space. So they like, say he's not trying yeah. to get no. there and compete.
3: No, no. He's at all. just expanding it all. And it, it's like I love that hammer on kind of chord playing too. The boom, boom, boom. <sighs>
0: It sounds it's like nice. like fucking Stargate or something. It's just some crazy,
3: it is almost yeah. Salvador
0: Dali like, or it's just a wild, it, it's it's like alien, it's like Maybe. alien civilization well, shit or something.
2: Yeah. Well, in another way, it also it's it's almost like the way they're singing. It's almost like zombie like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? It's almost like you are fucked up. Yeah. You know, or in, her- in a I've never done heroin, like just but very like. Well, yeah. You could be. You're like smacked yeah. out. Not not a dancing right?
0: thriller zombie. No. <laughs> not a happy fucking. <laughs> Dance party not zombie. Shuffling <laughs> cards in a red jacket zombie. Yeah, not with those zombies.
1: <laughs>
2: and yeah, I don't I don't I couldn't see Jerry Cantrell or Lane Staley doing either of those things.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so it's that combination of those things and then that dissonant harmony on top with very compelling lyrics, like you know, like yeah. as it starts oh, yeah. to move well, into as it starts to move into the verses, it's fucking great. Teach
1: me child
2: love to the tell me son of
0: teach the of child love her teach yeah.
2: me on the am hereafter. Weird, it, i just it,
0: know it, that without even thinking about it <laughs> but it, but that in and of itself that those
2: lyrics are also just a drone mm-hmm. like Know me by my my love I mean, like,
0: her after. This shit's fucking sick.
2: Yeah, it brings a little beauty in there, and then when they kick into that into the flood again, mm-hmm. that is fantastic. And and especially the way their voices contrast. Like you're you're talking about maybe he's smacked out in in the first part, and then in the second part he almost sounds sick. You know the way he's singing. Yeah, I mean it's I think pretty, he is a little. But he sick. sounds sick. And that transition in and of itself is just
0: He's yeah. got a great probably my favorite part of the song. Shout scream.
3: Well, yeah. And the same as if it was back then. Back then. Fucking oh, great. yeah. Well, and I love a good chainsaw voice. Uh-huh. Just he, he has such a, it's so raw Is it sounds like a, a guitar with like a ton of drive and effects. And just, it's it, it almost sounds like an instrument. As opposed to a
2: voice It really sounds like He's singing with a raw throat Which is obviously not The case Because you couldn't Sound like that with it But it does It seems like his throat well, Is on the verge Of getting it, it, out
0: It's vocal fry Is the term Okay And, and, and it's, you gotta be Really And that's like If your folks are really loose That's why it's not damaging Because they're not Straining in, in fact they're totally loose If you do it right you know, huh. and that's like Rods. You know, Rods. He actually has a little strength. Oh yeah, but yeah. Like oh, is Elmore, Elmore Stewart. James. <laughs> yeah, but Elmore James. Yeah, that certainly. same. But he's not straining. It's just a, a total looseness. But yeah, mm-hmm. with the, but with the, it's like baritone. It's got like strength, but then it still has that that edge to it. It's a well, great, yeah. It almost
3: sounds like a synthesizer. Like it's so just nasty and bassy and raw.
2: The, vo- the vocal and the melody are kind of the, me- like the music is great, but the vocal and the melody are like the standout of that chorus part. And he, his vocal specifically in that part, like sounds like regret. Yeah. Like it, but it sounds like, and just going from the notion of you're talking, you know, I mean, this song was written about a guy who overdosed on heroin. If you're talking about being smacked out, this is a guy who's now with, getting, going through withdrawals is what that part sounds like to me.
3: Yes, I do think that, but I think to the end of the flood again, he almost sounds excited and then immediately he's like, Oh, it's the same old shit. That was a big mistake.
2: Well I get excited. I get excited when I hear it, you know, when he goes into the flood again, (laughs) I get that like adrenaline surge where I'm like, Hell yeah.
0: What's cool with a song like this is ironically I don't even think about specific scenarios. It's just the relaying of like the human conditioned whatever spirit just just a, an intensely painful vibe you know like it's like yeah. sunburn fucking emotionally or something
2: texture is a perfect way to say it because whenever they go back into that verse it, it is like all the parts are kind of weaving together mm-hmm. to, to to kind of create this pattern whereas when it's in the chorus
0: it breaks it, the music breaks through. the
2: music is kind of a bed for him to well, fucking breaks through fall on yeah.
3: and yeah. it's a power bed under that chorus, A like, power bed.
2: <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Well, just
3: the guitar is so loud, it's just like it's almost feeding back, just going, like, I'm just like that,
0: that fucking queen power there, power. that queen size water bed, that's 450 horsepower in that fucking queen size. Fucking right power, power bed, bed right there it's pure power bed. <laughs>
2: Like I, I think the guitar solo is pretty understated. I mean, it's good, it's effective, but it's not it's almost just kind of doing its thing until we get back to the yeah. chorus. Well, it's kind
3: of just a it's kind of a break. Well, I do like it though because it's oh, it's, mm-hmm. it's very simple and he's using the wah very effectively. Kind of how it's supposed to cuz it it sounds very vocal. It's a lot of just little bends, but he's using he's not going crazy like on the wall like a lot of people do. He's just kind of he, barely kind of wow, you know, just really yeah, vibing.
2: He, he's absolutely vibing. I actually like the what he does on the acoustic ooh. in the unplugged version a little oh more God. than what he does.
3: I um, I, I felt bad for him on that solo on the really? acoustic. Really? Well, okay. just cause he didn't have the sustain he needed. Like he was trying he play to play the same, the same solo and it was just ooh, like, ooh. Every note just fell off a cliff. It's like ah, oh, it's not, <laughs> it's not working.
2: But it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I, I, I see, I see what I see what you're saying. I, I thought it fit w- no, within the just song, to that you point, know.
0: Neil, I'm like, yeah, bluegrass guitar players don't play that many notes because they want to. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep it going on an acoustic
3: guitar. Well, it's funny. They're they're trying to fly. Maybe. You just got to keep going, or it's gonna die. I thought that, and I wasn't gonna bring it up because I didn't want to be like, oh man, sorry about that solo, but it came <laughs> up so. <laughs> The tempo, it's very
0: mid down tempo. It's not, definitely not fast. It's like a medium slow, very paced, very measured, very labored. Very, the tempo itself is, adds a lot to the vibe. It's just a cool, it's very deliberate. Very deliberate. Yeah. This isn't like the stones going out and just like, I don't know, how are we going to play Chuck Berry tonight? He's like, I don't know, fuck it, just play it. You know, it's not that. It's very, it's fucking, it's precise.
2: The, the outro part kind of comes out of nowhere, right? Like mean, It's something, Jonathan, I think you've said this about a couple of songs where like it starts good, gets better. Yep. And then, or no, it starts good, gets great. And then they do something that you're like, whoa, that's totally yeah. unexpected. That Not unexpected,
0: but better than the song. anything else I would have thought of. It's a it little late.
3: unexpected. I, I get what Josh is saying. It, it's not like this genius moment, but it's really no, good. No, it's not.
0: It's unexpected but it's not we're not saying well, I don't think you're comparing it to, you know, Pink Floyd or anything.
2: No, I'm not comparing it. It's comfortably done, but I just like the fact that they they find this third part and it's not exactly a bridge, although I guess traditionally it could be because it's the finishing part, but the 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 way it flows from the chorus to it it is it's a beautiful transition. Yes.
3: The the cool thing about the outro is it's such a resolve. Like I think they hit a major chord there. You just you definitely don't see it coming. It it sounds so good. I think the outro is okay. Uh, my I like how it comes
0: in kind of out of nowhere. My issue with it is I think it's probably the weakest part of the song, and it's not great to end huh. on a low note. Well, it's I mean it's certainly not better than the verse of the chorus, but the, right? But
3: the very end is fucking really good.
0: I don't love that the, the outro, and I have a theory though that what it is is with the, the only problem with the song this good is it creates its own like gravity, and it's hard to fucking get out of. It. Like, how do you get out of this song? And I think it has to be abrupt, man. And I just I think it's a, I just think it's the weakest part yeah. of the song. It's not as good as the riff for the chorus. I, I I agree with that to an extent because I
2: think my favorite part of the song, or my probably like one A is the transition from the the chorus to that outro, it, it's just boom, if, and he, they're just yeah, in a different part of the song. The it's great. It's, it,
0: I yeah. like how it changes, but I think where it changes to is the weakest part of the song. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, no. Uh, but I do also like about the outro that he ends with the with the question. You know, if I would could you, I, I I love that part. Yeah, totally. And because and because that's the only time he says would. I wonder if that was the first part of the song that was written.
3: No. Absolutely well not. and it's funny because it was written about Andrew wood so is it mm. is it wood or wood I didn't, I didn't even think about I don't even think um, about that but I think my favorite part is coming out of the solo into that last chorus where like his voice comes out of nowhere like kind of fading in with authority like oh yeah that's because just the production of it how it, it it floats in for a good couple bars
0: The transition into the Outro is good, the outro itself I feel like is maybe above Average, where the rest of the song is Just, I think Unassailable, and frankly The way they end it, end it, which I don't Like that at all, really ah. It's like, you build oh, no. all this vibe Down in this, it just feels very like I think it's brilliant, I, I think it's so unique It's unique <laughs> uh, it's, but, uh, but like, it's,
3: it, it's definitely,
2: I, it's definitely the, th- if you break it, if you go verse, chorus, outro, outro is the third best part of the song. Out of uh, three. I, I agree with, <laughs> I agree with you there. Yeah. Yes. But that doesn't make it yeah. bad. I mean, I, I really, like yeah. no, the other I, I really the
3: love part. the outro, but I can't disagree.
2: But I like the question at the end. <laughs> yes. I'm not really sure what it means, <laughs> but yeah, I honestly, the weakest, the weakest, the weakest part of the song for, for me is the lyric.
3: Really?
0: Uh, and I think I think they yeah. work well
3: with the with the music.
2: They, they're they're effective, but I I don't think they're anything to like write home about. I think it's one I, of those, the music like, assigns value to them. I think.
3: And I wonder if he like if they actually kind of meant into the blood again.
2: Oh the uh, yeah. the shooting that needle in there, popping the whatever you call it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, heating up the. Tickling the eyes, <laughs> you know. I think you call it.
0: <laughs>
2: tickling the eyes. Spe- speaking of tickling, well. Before we before we vibe, it's weird because Neil, I think you mentioned this. This song is on dirt, but I think it has a different producer because it was made like for the singles yes. thing. Like if you look online, there's a guy named. Um,
3: well, no, Dave Jordan produced the album, but Rick Parashar and the band produced this song specifically.
2: Uh, and Rick Parashar worked with a lot of folks, Pearl Jam.
3: Yeah, and, and a lot of their stuff is kind of they. They definitely they, the dog, they get um, you know, co-production credits on this album and this song. As we
2: said, they have a very specific sound. They have a very specific vibe. Some might say. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, <laughs>
0: My favorite part of the song is the right when the lyrics come in for the first time. That that and the, like the twenty seconds before that, I think that transition when it really <laughs> so establishes that vibe. So the beginning. <laughs> Well, the transitions from the, the where the bass comes in and the way the music comes in, and then, it, but just the specifically like you were saying, the transitions yeah. of like, yeah, they
2: they they know when to, they know when to hit that sweet spot, and yeah, and and speaking of hitting that sweet oh, spot, God. it's 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 Bob time, baby. Oh, God. Uh, cue the music in three, two,
0: one. V- I've sold my soul. Uh, that's, that's some
2: half-ass vibe right there. Uh,
0: <laughs> I know you want the whole ass, Josh. Uh,
2: I always want the whole ass. <laughs> Neil, when do you want to hear Wood? Um,
3: I want to hear this uh, on a run or and, oh, any nice. kind of race. Like I feel like it really has, a, because it's so kind of just like, just the beat of it, you can kind of vibe to. I, I could I could see running to the song would be fun.
2: So if you see Neil running <laughs> through the Beechwood, he's, he's he's probably rocking he's some He's running Alice to the Chains. flood.
3: He's, he's in.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's into the flood again. Jonathan, when do you want to hear Wood?
0: Mm, I want to hear Wood in one of those um, really, like, exclusive elite, like... <laughs> 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 Shit. Hold on. Give me a second. <laughs> 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 I want to hear this song in one of those really exclusive, like, high-end... Mysterious sex orgies, like on Eyes Wide Shut.
3: Cool, I dig You know,
0: it. like because the I don't want to hear boom, 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 boom. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear some ritualistic. Tweet. I think that's such a great adjective, Neil. Uh, realistic, <laughs> ritualistic, you know. I think it's just. I think it's. I've never been to one of those. Then I don't get invited to that kind of thing. But um,
2: what, Jonathan? I thought you were a regular attendee at the Hollywood
0: Hills orgies. I, I, I'm, I'm just a towel boy. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he lost his charter. <laughs> i'm just the guy in the fucking bathroom you know fucking, but um but, but yeah and i think it's what you're doing in the bathroom I'm
2: the you listening to wood
0: uh, <laughs> clearly question <Yeah>. mark <laughs> no answer um <laughs> but yeah so i think like i just think like the ritualistic part i think is great you know so uh that or maybe at All chuck e right. cheese would be wild
2: <laughs> Chucky cheese great answer D-
0: <laughs> diving into a ball of a uh, thing of balls you know if i can into
2: speaking of chuggy cheese of um,
0: <laughs> m-
2: exactly. medieval times Mid- uh, this would probably five. fit in at medieval yep. times yeah uh i actually g- 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 in contrast to neil's vibe i i would want to i'd put walking i thought like I. Eh, walking. On, I but wouldn't
1: walk. you want to
3: run walking, when, yeah. he, like, when he when he started singing into like, the floor
1: again yeah
0: I don't
2: know, cause there's kind of a dark vibe, kind of a like well, wait, kind they, of got a feeling, like
0: walk on the house, just, like
2: just going for a walk, walking the dogs, maybe. How
0: old are you? <laughs> you just go for walks.
2: I do. I walk the dog <laughs> every morning for about twenty minutes. I keep my phone in the in the house. I go well, you for didn't say walk the dog. You were
0: like walking. I'm like
3: where? And you're just like just around.
2: But I'll, I'll walk twenty minutes too. Sometimes it's like meditative. You know? Yes, yes. But I could put wood on. Well, and, and that's and, that's and, why
3: I said run because it is so kind of meditative and kind of it's almost like a mantra. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, just
2: absolutely. I could, I could do it walking or running or driving. Yes, yes. You know, and moving. I think Let's I just think in moving. a
3: race it could be good. I. So not sitting still. I don't want to hear this song in stasis. Really? That's exactly what I want to hear. I did see that this song (laughs) has been licensed for a couple different racing video games, which made perfect sense. Hmm.
2: Interesting. It made perfect sense to you. (laughs) It it fortified my my point. Speaking of fortifications, (laughs) uh, why don't we (laughs) slide under the influence and uh, talk about what influence a song... What it influenced moving forward. What you would recommend someone listen to if they like this, uh, Jonathan. We'll start with you.
0: Mm, I mean, I would say it's definitely. I mean, originally, originally, like the thing that where this branch of music broke off from was Robert Johnson. Sure. If you go way back like sure. right? that, sure. but then from there, um, even like Screaming Jay Hawkins on down through, um, Sabbath, going way back, um, The Doors that kind of stuff and then also i think it you know these guys along with guys like tool i think this oh, tool, yeah. is like, yes. tool is like tools like a prog version of this kind of and mm-hmm. then uh this would yeah. be a great tool song uh-huh that'd be a nasty you're right and then uh <laughs> in fact that's a would be sick um and then uh and even like pantera not exactly the same but of the same you know it's of that same yeah. it kind of has that black angels which is like a derivative of a derivative of this kind of vibe which, but like it's still the, the essence of that. It's cool. It's a very cool vibe.
2: Black Angels is a good call. I mean, just in terms of... Black Angels may be a little more trippy.
0: They're a little
3: more Velvet Underground-like, yeah. but yeah.
2: Yeah. Neil, what you got? Well,
3: it's funny. Um, In the first two minutes of the pod, the Doors and Metallica were mentioned, and I was like, well, there, right. you go, there goes my influence. <laughs> um, No, but then I also had Sabbath, for sure, and they had many contemporaries in that 90s grunge, but I think they really kind of stood out. I feel like they were... Somewhere in between Soundgarden and Nirvana, you know what I mean? Kind of bridging mm-hmm. that gap. Um, and then moving forward, I mean, uh, Queens of the Stone Age, mm, nice for sure. And um, and Tool, that was a great call. But that's sort of gap.
2: Yeah, yeah, I just agree with everything y'all said. And, and you know, this was influenced by Seattle, Mother Love Bone, Rain. Andrew Andrew <laughs> yeah. Wood, They're like rainy uh, the needle, the Mariners. <laughs> the needle. Uh, oh
0: my god i think well, it was influenced by the deal.
3: <laughs> just while we're here exactly. while we're here um did any of you guys watch the video for the song absolutely it's, i've seen it it's really good it's really well done i love the stage production i mean it's borrowing from the 80s just kind of like we're just going to play live and we're going to rock out and we're gonna have long hair and we're gonna be thrashing it around but it's funny these the guys the bass player and the guitar player in this video it's so funny to watch these guys kind of just really just vibe and rock out and 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 it's funny to actually believe it. You're like, yeah, I get it, man. They're fucking into it. But like just th- those those guitar poses you put on in rock videos are so hilarious. I was watching these guys just laughing. It's great. Well, like
0: especially like Jerry Cantrell and even their earlier stuff, it was it had hair metal overtones. Yeah, you know, like so they, well, they so they kind of came from that. Then they did their own thing mm-hmm. with
3: it. And I think it was the contrast of Lane in the sunglasses, slicked back hair, not moving at all, and these other guys just, just, just rocking out like it's For poison sure. or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost or it reminds me of uh,
2: And he's just getting ready to unleash yeah. that primal scream.
0: It's like playing with Ozzy or something. That being said. There is something cool about that when what you're doing is really fucking bringing it. Because I saw him play one night at a club in Hollywood, and I think they played Man of the Box, and mm, seeing sweet. that dude play those solos, for real, it's like, fuck. Like, that's cool. not normal. <laughs> I You don't usually see shit that cool. Yeah,
3: and yeah. it's cool that I, I never realized until now, um, researching the song that Cantrell was the main writer, wrote a good bit, a good chunk of the uh-huh. music.
0: There's a great documentary about them on... I think it's YouTube It's like What did you watch It's like 45 minutes Or an like hour and a half maybe Yeah and It's really cool man Like I said That when they were Looking for a singer They wanted Lane Staley To be in the band And uh, He just wouldn't But he like Managed the like Rehearsal place, And so what they did They just started Sweet. Inviting all this shit. <laughs> Is that why they plate. Wanted him in the band No he was a good singer And like but He was always around Even though he was In the band And so they just like, we just started bringing in all the shittiest singers we could find. So eventually he would just be like, I'm fucking so sick of hearing you guys audition, <laughs> people. I'll that's just come amazing. fucking fine."
3: That's a great story.
1: Right? <laughs> so <laughs> brilliant.
2: That's amazing. Well, and just to say, talking about shitty singers and like shitty music, uh, this stuff also kind of led to something like Puddle of Mud. And you know, like that's a, that's a kind of a direct descendant of these guys. Yes, there's a lot um, of bad
3: versions of this type of music.
2: Yeah.
0: I was at the Rainbow one night, late night on a Monday, I'd seen a show next door and the
2: puddle of mud uh, you saw the puddle of mud show <laughs> easy
0: josh settle down at the rainbow um, room <laughs> i was at the rainbow and hanging out it's like fucking midnight fucking like monday night going into tuesday and i'm sitting there talking to this dude this dude trying to sell me something or other and th- the dude from fucking puddle of mud walks up in his pajamas carrying a little dog and just buys some fucking like drugs off of this dude he's huh. like thanks man just wow. totally like,
2: how did you? How did you know it was a yeah, puddle yeah. of money? Somebody
0: else with told me because okay, I, didn't, I okay. wouldn't recognize him. <laughs> Thank
2: God. <laughs> oh my God, you definitely were
0: like, Oh, I was oh like, my really? God, That's don't wild. freak
1: out, don't freak out. But
0: he was just in his pajamas with a little dog, at, like fucking <laughs> Jimmy midnight horn, a,
2: and I don't care from puddle of money
0: midnight on a fucking like <laughs> at the fucking rainbow buying drugs, oh. like like he just got up and he's walking his dog. Do you think it was
2: for him or his little dog? Both.
3: <laughs> I'm glad all this is contained under well, the influence.
2: Speaking <laughs> speaking of pajamas and puddle of mud, why don't we why don't we hop under the covers for a minute and talk about the covers that we heard of the song Jonathan? How many covers did you listen to?
0: Mm, no covers.
2: No, no covers. covers.
0: Damn,
2: that's not normal for you, Neil. What's well,
3: uh, to one of uh, Jonathan's uh, points he's made is that this is such a great song because anyone who does it, it sounds pretty damn good. I heard corn uh, doing it, which um, yeah. made sense. Kind of rocking. It seems in their wheelhouse. Not that I know exactly what their wheelhouse is, but it made perfect sense. <laughs> oh, no, you know. Um, and you
2: don't, don't play coy. I listened
3: to this. I don't know who Breaking Benjamin is, but Breaking Benjamin did it with Gavin Rosdale live in Reno, February 2020, right before the shutdown. And it sounds great. And Metallica did it I'm, acoustic. Everyone sounds great. It's just a great song. Like, yeah, it's it's see, t- see if, if, see if you fuck this it. up, it's bad on you. So now I'm going to well, show you some covers.
2: Inure did it. And you know what? It's a techno remix, and it's still not terrible. It's unnecessary, but it's not terrible. And then another band called Opeth did it, which is kind of like stained puddle of mud style.
0: But still, not, not terrible. terrible. How are you because it sounds so so about puddle of mud. They yeah, wonder why I would I, recognize the dude. I think you're the cl- closest well, yeah. puddle of mud here, fan among us. I don't know what they say. I, I couldn't name one of their songs. I-, I don't
2: I don't think I don't think any of us could name a puddle of mud song. How do you, you say they sound like head?
0: puddle? Yeah. Oh, no, you say they cover. All right.
2: I mean, I just I, I remember hearing them at, t- at times in life and being like, "This is shit." So, and but I would not know the lead singer. If I wouldn't either. Into Somebody a had to tell. Sounds, mm. but
3: I don't think you guys caught what I said. (laughs) Like the the breaking Benjamin and Gavin Rosdale live in Reno.
0: I think (laughs) of Randy Quaid and Kingpin being like, "I don't want to go to Reno." Every time I hear the word Reno, I just think of that fucking (laughs) like. It's the first thing I go to.
2: Oh my god! Speaking of Randy Quaid, Jonathan, how does the shoe fit?
0: Uh, The shoe fits like a. I guess whatever you wear, a high-end sex orgy. I don't know what they really wear there. Uh, high-end.
3: Not, oh, a, nice. not a low not I like brown. a nice
2: pair of dress shoes that you can clean. <laughs> that no, you can clean yeah, um, dress shoes. I'm uh, I'm ejaculate fucking off of easily. <laughs> I'm
0: sitting there in my mask yeah. and my fucking robe and <laughs> some Oxford's. A mask and yeah. some dirty That's fucking Adidas. That's how I get found out. That's how I would get found out.
2: You could go get your shoes shined and they can just scrub that ejaculate <laughs> right off.
0: This is your uh, vision. Not mine. I want to be clear about that. <laughs> <laughs> Neil. How does your well, shoe fit? It
3: fits, and uh, I'll stick to the running theme. Um, I think it fits like a nice pair <laughs> of running shoes because in this song, he's either running from something or right at something. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> nice.
2: He's either running away from yeah, it directly sound, Sounds like the flood. He's running into the flood. We know. He, is he wrong? <laughs> could you? I'm just um, Gump. a lot of A lot of questions, lot of questions being it's asked. Called in this it's called wood. It's a question. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a question song <laughs> Favorite question song Jonathan <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why don't we do it in the road Oh, oh Quick shot <laughs> Just quick roll Pow 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 <laughs> Is there any, anybody out there By Def Leppard That's a great song I wish I was man Is there anybody out song. there yeah. By Pink Floyd Oh there we go
2: <laughs> Is there anybody Out there Careful
1: with um, um, that axe Eugene Okay I, I would know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 Careful of that axe Eugene Careful of that axe. Right, now are Eugene? you saying,
2: are you asking him to be careful or are you are you asking if it's Eugene? <laughs> careful of that axe. <laughs> Eugene. <laughs> Eugene, are you being careful with that
3: axe? <laughs> if not, please do. <laughs> uh
2: they, you know what the shoe fits like? It's it's like a shoe that I love but I lost. Yeah?
0: If they say it's better to have loved and lost than have <laughs> never loved at all. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And on that (laughs) note, we we are going to play a cover of Alice in Chains' Wood.
1: Table trim it was bad.
3: you just heard was performed by josh bond and jonathan horton thanks for listening to pod gave rock and roll to you if you like what you uh, heard please subscribe and give us a good rating on apple or spotify or wherever you listen if you'd like to reach out to us you can find us on twitter and instagram under the handle at pod gave rock next week is jonathan's week what are we doing
0: we are doing crazy train by ozzy Osbourne.
1: can't wait <laughs>